All right, everybody, I want to welcome you guys to Easter at New Life. So welcome to Easter 2018. All right, so congratulate yourself. Just high five the person next to you and say, you you made it through. You made it through the winter storm. All right, so I've got some interesting news for you. Today is April Fool's Day. April Fool's, um, it's, it's really Christmas. Uh, just thought... So I let you know, I didn't want you guys to be duped or anything today. Hey, my name is Jeff. I have the unique privilege of serving as the lead pastor here at New Life. And I know you guys, uh, many of you are maybe visiting with us. You're, you're guests of a family member, guests of a friend. And I know that you had many choices in Kearney as well as in our campus right now who's live with us in North Platte. Uh, you had many places that you could go and worship, but coming to New Life, I just want to say thank you from the bottom of my heart, and I also want to extend a gratitude that even comes from God's heart to you today, uh, that, you know, it, it warms the heart of God to know that His people, you know, humanity, want to come and want to worship Him today. And, and so, listen, you're making the right step today, every single one of you. And I know that you had to, you had to like overcome the weather, right? And if you saw the social media post I put out last, uh, yesterday really quick, um, I was just in my garage, standing next to a pretty sweet four-wheel drive vehicle that I own, a Jeep Wrangler. Any Jeep Wrangler people? Yeah, yeah I know. I got it. If I had mentioned one of those other ones... Ford or whatever, you'd probably get way more. I got it. But I didn't want to start a riot, okay? Because Jeep people are civil like that, all right? Not like those others, right? I mean, they're like out to get each other or something. So I just said, look, if you get stuck, call me. Call me. Like, we'll figure out a way to come get you. And so I just need to say to all of those worshiping with us online, I really meant that even though I didn't give you my cell phone number, Okay. I was just like, if you if you really if you're really that desperate, you will find somebody to help you get to church. I had one guy respond yesterday, and that guy actually doesn't even live in the state anymore. And so I'm like, no, it doesn't it doesn't go beyond it doesn't go beyond the local area, okay? Um, and then I got another notice from a from a good friend in North Platte who said, hey, by the way, just to let you know, I just pulled a Jeep Wrangler out of the ditch with my Ford. I'm like, okay. <laughs> All right, enough is enough, right? It's like Easter, let it go, people. It's not about the Jeep, it's about Jesus. Although, it's interesting how both of those same things start with the same letter. So, just saying, you can connect the dots, okay? It's a Jesus Jeep. All right, so here we go. Look, I know that uh, I know it's snowing. Okay, I got it. Uh, I know that you know we live in Nebraska, and that's just the way life is. Some of you were hoping that you know now that April has arrived, that you would now fit into that wonderful season called garage sailing. Any of you guys like garage sailors? Yeah, that's what I love. I, mean, I love that about garage sailors. They're like they're they're they don't have like any you know reservation to say I love to go to people's house and rummage through their junk. It's incredible. I love that. All right, so yeah, so I got it. Like you were hoping that it would be nice weather and that garage sale would start soon, so that you could go find that item that has incredible value to you, right? That no longer has any value to anyone else and that they might put the worth of that value of that item at such a low price that you would get the gem of the year, right? That's what really is driving the heart of the garage sailor. Like, man, I want to find that item that has no value to the person, that has incredible value in other places, and I'm going to be the one that finds it, right? So, but don't be that person, right, that's knocking on people's doors on Thursday night 
when garage sales start like on Saturday morning. Don't be that person. All right? Don't be that person. Everything in this life has a value to it. Everything does. Right? Think about where you live, whether you rent or you have purchased. Right? Housing has a value to it. And there's a, an appraisal process that sets that value. And that value's also based on the comps of other sales or what other apartments or homes might be renting for. And whether you like it or you don't like it. You may like the price when you're selling. You may hate the price when you're buying. But it has a value to it. Same thing with transportation. Your car or your truck or, or your Jeep. It has a value to it. Right, And there's this nice little like blue book that tells us what kind of value that thing has. And, you know, it, it depends on, you know, what people are willing to pay for that particular item. My artwork as a child has value to my mother. She still has it. I'm 48 years old. I'm, I'm almost a full-grown man. A little crack in the voice. Like she still has it. It has incredible value to her, right? But if you went to her garage sale, and God forbid she was selling my artwork, you wouldn't pay a dime for it, right? Because it has no value to you, but everything has a value to someone. You guys remember the, the show? It's probably still on, like The Price is Right? All right, okay, The Price is Right. That the whole show is based on people trying to guess the worth of or the value of an item, you know, in a California economy that they just moved, they just got there from, you know, North Dakota, and they have no idea that a box of macaroni and cheese is worth $9.99, right? And so you're sitting there, you're like, what in the world? That's crazy. So just to help you understand that everything has value, we're going to play a little game here on Easter, Okay. Now, I know some of you guys, you're at New Life for your very first time, and you're wondering to yourself, like, it's Easter, man. Why am I laughing so much? It's church. Why am I laughing so much? Because we believe that, man, life should be enjoyed. God gave us this life, and he, and he, and he didn't just make it all, like, serious and humdrum. So here's what I want you to do. Team up with, like, two, maybe four people that are right near you. I'll let you just kind of form your team really quick, okay? Um, you're going to be competing against them in the show, The Price is Right. So just come on, really quick, just kind of get to know each other. You might, not, you might be sitting next to somebody you don't know. Just say hi, shake their hand, you know, hi, my name is, whatever, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to beat you in this game, okay? So I just want you to do that. All right, you guys got your teams? If you're sitting at home on the couch in your pajamas, form your team, okay? Form your team or you're in North Platte. Form your team. Here we go. Item number one, Johnny, tell them what they're going to be setting the value on. Well, I'll be Johnny, okay? <laughs> well, Jeff, today they're going, to be, they're going to be figuring out the worth of a 12-ounce can of Spam. Loved by few and hated by many. It's the meal that keeps on giving even through nuclear wars. Okay. So a 12-ounce can of Spam, I actually priced this item here in Kearney at a local grocery store. Okay? I did this work myself. These numbers are right. Okay? So tell, talk amongst your team really quick. Are you ready? Okay, here we go. Johnny, tell them what the value is. Two seventy-nine. Yeah, I know. I know. I wouldn't pay more than 99 cents for a can of Spam. I don't know what the deal is. How many of you guys got it right? Who got, who got the closest without going over? Closest without going over. Okay, good job. 
Good job. All right, let's play, let's play with the item number two. Johnny, tell, tell what they're going to be Tell what they're gonna be bidding on. It's a it's a twenty ounce, by the way, a twenty ounce bag of pistachios. All right, pistachios that not everybody loves makes them healthy. Pistachios would say to you, "Keep on cracking." All right, are you ready? The value of the item is eight ninety nine. How many of you guys got that one right? Okay. How many of you guys have two right in a row? Okay, good job. Okay, we've got another item. Are you ready for this one? All right, it's six microwavable White, White Castle cheeseburgers. Johnny, tell them what they're going to be setting the value on. Well, Pastor Jeff's favorite dinner to eat when his wife is out of town. Six little sliders that will give you heartburn for three days. Trust me, I know. All right, so the value of six White Castle cheeseburgers, you guys got it? Are you ready? Here we go, the value is... Three eighty-nine. Okay. All right. Hold on. Before we go to one last one, you spend three eighty-nine. You better have good like uh, health insurance. Okay. So I'm just saying. I actually ended up in the emergency room one time after being in St. Louis. I love White Castles. Right. I ate so many of them that I was young, and I got home. I drove from St. Louis back to Omaha, and I get home that night, and I my chest hurts so bad. I think I'm like probably like 20 years old, 21. I thought I was having a heart attack. I went to the emergency room. They did all of the tests, like EKG, the whole works. And the guy's like, there's nothing wrong with you, man. I didn't think there was like, did you eat something that was different than normal? I was like, well, I ate like a a crave case of like sliders. He's like, that's what it is. Get out of my office. So um, anyways, 389 might not be worth your health. Okay. One, one last, one last item. Johnny, tell them what they're going to be bidding on. A human soul, right? What value can you put on a human soul? It's amazing how it's fun when you play the game with a can of spam, but put up a human soul, the tone changes quickly, right? Because the weight of it, it's a very, it's a very deep, deep question. And that's the reason why I gave you these rings. So if you have your ring, would you just like, you got it on your hand already, just kind of hold, hold it up. Let me just see it, okay? You got your ring on. Okay, it's a gift. It's a gift. I know that you may not like it, um, but it's a gift. And there's a reason for the gift to you today. And that was, I, I, I wanted to make sure that we did something small but yet creative that would cause you to never in your lifetime forget what is a soul worth, especially what is a soul worth to God. And what is your soul worth? I just wanted to make sure that the weight of that question, it got tattooed onto your heart and onto your mind visually as you are even looking at these words, what is a soul worth? And as you wear this ring, I'm going to be asking you to wear the ring one week. That's it. One week. And when you look down and you see the ring and you see it says, what is a soul worth? I just want you to like... Consider something about this message that you're going to hear that's going to impact your heart today of what is a soul worth. So to answer the question, what's a soul worth, I'm going to be sharing today from one simple verse. The one verse is going to be John 3.16. Most of you know the verse John 3.16. And if you don't, you've seen like at sporting events where some person in the background, like with the camera shot, is holding up a sign that's saying 
3.16 or John 3.16. And you might have wondered to yourself, like, what does that verse really say? So to help us all get on the same page and to understand what a soul is worth, I want you to read with me out of the New Living Translation, what is a soul worth from John 3.16. Why don't you read this with me, okay? For God loved the world so much that he gave his one and only son so that everyone who believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. Now just take that verse in for a moment. We'll leave it up on the screen just for a little bit, okay? Take it in for a moment because it really demands that we ask three critical questions. The first one would be this, what is a soul worth to the Father? The second question would be, what is a soul worth to Jesus? The third question then would be, what is your soul worth? So to dive in to today's message, let's first look at that first critical question. What's a soul worth to the Father? Okay, what's a soul worth to the Father? We know that in John 3, 16, it said, that the, it said these words, For God loved the world so much. I don't want you to overlook the truth that's right before our eyes today. I want you to get it, like, clear, a clear image of it, that God loved the world so much. That means he loves you so much. A lot of people have a hard time wrapping their head around and their heart around the fact that God actually loves them because we feel guilt and we feel shame for the actions of our life. Or we feel unworthy, like we don't match up to God's word. Like we don't have value in God's eyes anymore. John 3.16 is one of those classic verses that keeps bringing us back to the question that penetrates our heart and demands an answer. Do I still have value in God's eyes? And this verse keeps reminding us that you never lose value in God's eyes. That you are always worth everything to God. But see, one of the reasons why we have a hard time with this is because of our humanity. Like, have you ever had a moment where you loved something so much that you thought that you would, you would never, you could never love anything more than, than how you love this thing or this person right now? You ever had one of those moments? I bet you did. Think back to 13. 13 years old, and you got a crush, ladies, on that really handsome 13-year-old that only has three zits instead of five. Right? Think with me, guys, about that, you know, young lady that you, you walked through the halls and you just couldn't get her off of your mind. Like, you had a crush on her. Like, man, you couldn't see yourself with anybody else. You were already making lifelong plans at 13 years old to spend the rest of your life with this person. And you haven't even talked to them yet. And then get to 16 years old, right? And that person's not even in the picture anymore. You got a different boyfriend or girlfriend and then jump to 29 years old and you're married to a whole different person. Think back to 13. You thought I could never love anybody more than I love this person right now. Well, I got good news for you. That's nothing like God's love. God's love isn't anything like our puppy love or our crushes. God's love is faithful. It's committed. It's consistent. I mean, we can do things to and for one another that will cause us to love each other in a greater way. And you've all done that. But we've also done things that have caused others to not love us as much. But the truth of who God is is that you can't do 
anything to make God love you any more than he loves you right now. And you can't do anything to make God love you any less. Like God's love is consistent. However, we can refuse God's love. And we can miss out on the blessing of his love for our life. Like it's been our choice. It's been your choice of whether you're going to walk in the love of God. The love of God that he loved the world so much that he loves you. It it really is your choice. So what is a soul worth to God? I would just sum it up with this. Everything. Like for God it's everything. That God gave his son to die on a cross as a sacrifice for your sins. Like he gave his best already to display his love for the world and for you. And I want you to imagine with me for a second the father... The father looking down at his son as his son anguishes, as he hangs brutally on the cross, covered in the blood and the sweat and the tears and the ripped open flesh and the nails piercing through his body as he hangs on the cross. And then imagine with me the father unable to do anything to rescue his son off the cross. Why? Because there was a price that had to be paid for our sins. Imagine what it would be like. Like, I only get, I only get like a little glimpse of it. And for some of you, you've, you know the same glimpse that I have. I sent my son into battle, into war with the army. He went and he served a tour. My son the, is, the, is the young man that's up here at our West venue um, at the Carney campus with the beard, you know, leading worship today. He spent a year serving, you know, his country in Iraq. And then he came home only a few months later to have to go back to Afghanistan to serve another long term. I know what it's like to send your son into battle and then at night wonder to yourself, like, will, will you get a phone call that this is the end of his life? Will, will someone knock on your door? Like, what's going on? I, I remember the anxious moments when I'd wake up, like in the middle of the night with no other recourse but to pray. And I got it. I'm not saying but to pray. I'm saying I get to pray. But... You, you understand, right? You don't just get to hop on a plane, fly over to Afghanistan, and jump in the, the troops, you know, with your son and, and watch his back. Like, you don't get that opportunity. I got just like a small little glimpse of what God went through. God the Father, when he watched his son give his life on the cross, but yet his hands were tied and he could do nothing. Why? Why, you ask? Because the worth of a soul was greater than the pain. That's why. God so loved the world. That he gave. And when he watched his son give his life on that cross, it was worth the pain. Why? Because our, our sins had to be covered by, a, by the sinless blood of Jesus. So what is a soul worth to the Father? Everything. And he's already displayed it. Like when John 3.16 says that for God loved the world so much, he's already modeled it. But what is the soul worth to Jesus? John 3.16 tells us that he, the father, he gave his one and his only son. So the son is involved in this, right? Well, Jesus showed us exactly what the, what the value of a soul or what the worth of a soul is moments before he gets arrested and then he gets taken and tried, then he gets flogged and he gets put on a cross and things just happen so quickly. So that night, before all of this chaos goes down, Jesus is in the garden and he's praying And as he's praying and anguishing over the fact that the cross is coming, he utters these words, not my will, Father, but your will be done. 
Jesus showed for us right there at that moment, as he knew the cross was coming, and he had witnessed the brutality of the cross and how it just like destroyed people's lives and their families. But that Jesus showed us in those words that he loved the Father so much that he was willing to climb up onto that cross and to give his life. Not my will, but your will. So a soul to Jesus is worth this. It's worth ultimate obedience. Ultimate obedience. The obedience that allowed him to follow through on such an extreme plan as to give his life on the cross. Like, have you, have you ever talked with somebody who said, I'm going to go do this, or I'm going to go do that, or, you know, I'm going to become this, or become that, or purchase this, or purchase that, and they're all extreme things, but yet they never follow through with them? Have you ever seen somebody do that? Like, I'm going to go jump out of an airplane, and then the day comes, and they're like, ah, I feel a little sick. Right? I'm going to go climb the mountain with you. Ah, I can't do it. Right? Like, I'm going to go do this. I'm going to go buy this. I'm going to go become this. But no, they, they settle for something less. Like, I remember back, I was probably in fifth grade, and my friends and I were at the house, and my parents were both gone. It's always a scary moment, you know, with, you know, fifth grade boys. And we get this grandiose idea, like, let's go jump off the roof. You, ever guys, you guys ever jump off the roof of, of your house at all? All right, look, if you're kidding here, don't do it, all right? It's not worth it. The ground comes fast. So we get the ladder and we climb up there and we're all like hunkered down, you know, on the edge and, you know, you're right there and there's the gutter and you're looking down and it's like, man, it didn't look that high from the ground. And then you're all fifth grade boys and you're like, who's going to jump first? You jump first. No, you jump first. Right? And then we just all climb back down the ladder. Like, seriously, we did that. I'm not joking with you. Like, we did not jump the first time we were up there. It was just too much. Next time we did, we got a little older, got a little smarter. Um, so people can make these audacious claims, but then they don't follow through. But that's not Jesus. Like, Jesus modeled for us what the value of a soul is worth with his ultimate obedience to the Father. And I just want to let you know today that the cross of Christ, it was way more, way more than just a defiant act against authority like the Romans or something. At the cross of Christ, it was, it was way more than those things. It was, it was way more than just trying to create a revolution. Like the cross, it put a definitive worth on a soul. And it said this, that a soul is beyond anything earthly. I'm going to tell you today that the salvation of your soul, it demanded that God would come in flesh, Jesus Christ, live a sinless life, and then die on the cross and rise back to life again on the third day. So what is Easter? Easter is the celebration of our risen Savior. That's true, but Easter is even more than that. Easter is the moment that we thank God for the worth that he put on your soul. That's Easter. Easter is this moment where we celebrate the the resurrection of our Savior, and we contemplate and give thanks to the Lord for the value that he put on your soul. So, This last question, then what is your soul worth? Maybe I can make it a little more personal, like, what is your soul worth to you? John 3.16 said that everyone who believes in him will not perish, but will have eternal life. You're given a choice today. The choice is in your hands, whether it will be the choice of perish or it will be the choice of life. And eternal life just simply means this, life forever with Jesus forever. 
Perish, though, is just the opposite. It's life forever away from God in a place that the Bible refers to as hell. The absence of God's presence, hell. A place of torment and punishment. A place of pain. A place of guilt. A place of shame. A place of utter darkness. But ultimately, hell is that place where it's absent of all things that are righteous and holy and good. All of God so loved the world. Hell is absent of that. And it might not seem like a lot, but I'm telling you right now, no matter who you are or how you're living, I'm just going to tell you there's hope inside of your heart because of the fact that God so loved the world. But when that is removed, all hope goes away as well. The deciding factor of what your soul is worth is all wrapped up in what you believe. And what you believe comes down to one critical question. Who is Jesus? Is Jesus God's only son who came to purchase the price for your sin? Or is Jesus just another good man? Or just another good prophet? Or just another good man just to like get some good examples from? The way you answer that question will determine what the value and the worth of your own soul is. So, but to believe it requires something beyond just, you know, just it's a good thought. Like belief is about absolute surrender to an idea. Belief, that's what it is. Like I believe it so much that I'd be willing to die for it. That's the kind of belief. Whoever believes, whoever surrenders to an idea who's willing to die for the idea will not perish but have everlasting life. In light of that, though, I want to encourage you, don't run to God. Never run to God just because you don't want to perish in a place called hell. Like, run to God because you want life with Him forever. And it's only, it's only, guys, because Jesus has risen from the dead, and we celebrate that this Easter, that God is offering eternal life to everyone today. And I want you, I want to invite each of you, no matter where you're at in your life, I want to invite you to surrender your life to Jesus to believe in him, to believe in his eternal life, and to watch your life be transformed through the working of Christ in your heart. I want you to please consider that because later on, at the end of our service, our campus pastors are going to come back and they're going to give you an opportunity to surrender your life to Jesus and to pray a prayer of salvation, committing yourself to him. Like, I believe, kind of a prayer. Here at New Life Church, though, we wrap this up. We have a strong conviction, a strong conviction to make sure that everyone on earth has the opportunity to hear the good news of Jesus and have their basic needs met as well. The basic needs of humanity, salvation, shelter, food. So in, in light of that, I, had, I really do have like a, a bonus question. It's the three plus kind of a question, like knowing what the value of a soul is worth to the Father and knowing what the value of a soul is worth to Jesus, and now having contemplated what the value of your own soul is worth, my last question to you today, the bonus question is this, what is the soul of another person worth to you? Like another human being. What is, what is the soul of another person worth to you? And I want to invite every single one of you that are hearing my voice today, whether you're here at our Kearney campus, you're at our North Platte campus, are you worshiping with us online today? I want to invite you and I want to encourage you to participate in the value of a soul this week. I want to invite you to do it. Here's a very practical things that you can do to participate with God in what a soul is worth. 
Number one, I want you to wear this ring for a week. And I want you to ask yourself the question daily, what's a soul worth to me? I want you to pray about, you know, what we've talked about of what a soul is worth to God. God, help me to capture your heart on what a soul is worth. Jesus, thank you for the example of what a soul is worth. Like, live that through me. May I be a person that distributes hope to the world. Right? Wear the ring one week. And just ask yourself, what is a soul worth? God, let my heart line up with yours. But secondly, I want to invite you. In fact, I'm encouraging you to do this. Participate in the One Day to Feed the World initiative this week with us at New Life Church. That's simply this. You're going to work one day this week, and you're going to give that one day's wages to help change the life of some kid for many days. You watched the video. You heard about the announcement of it from our campus pastors. I'm just simply saying, why should you do it? Because a soul matters to God. And if we want your heart to line up with God's heart, then let a soul matter to you. And let's all do something very practical. So you can actually, let's just say you're not going to be around this week or you're on vacation or whatever. And you know what you can do? You can actually go online today at mynewlifechurch.com, click on give, and then in the options to give, you'll see one of those options, one day to feed the world. You can go online right now with your smartphone using you know your data plan or our free wi-fi and you can give today one day's wages or you can give whatever gift it is that you sense god's putting in your heart to participate in what a soul is worth you can give any time online throughout the week or you can work this week write a check bring cash or whatever and you can bring it back next week where we're going to receive a special offering at our two campuses, and we're going to give all of that money quickly to Convoy of Hope so that they can meet the needs of, of hungry children. They can meet the needs of people going through devastating situations all around the world, which, by the way, you and me are never going to be able to get to those places. But we're going to participate with God on what the value of a soul is worth. We'll total that offering up next week, and we'll figure out a way to get it out to the church so that you can know how many people are impacted by the generosity of our heart teaming up with God's heart, activating the, the, the integrity of what is a soul worth. That's what I want to end with today. I want you to end with just these two simple questions in your, in your heart. What is a soul worth? Right? What is your soul worth today? And then what are the souls of others worth to you? Why don't you stand with me and let's pray. Lord, we want to thank you today that we're standing here in this church and we're celebrating you because you're risen. Because you rose again, we have the opportunity to praise you. We have the opportunity to lift your name up, but we also have the opportunity to team up with you. Lord, I just say, I just ask that for our church, as we kind of go to the conclusion of this service and we spend these next couple of moments worshiping you, singing these songs, lifting up the name of Jesus, that Lord, your spirit would touch our hearts today. For those of us that are far from you, that the value of our soul would be, we don't want to perish, we want eternal life. For those of us that are close to you, the found, if you will, Lord, may you May you just impress upon our hearts the value you put on our soul so that we will maximize this life and live it for you. And may everybody that's hearing my voice today find a a practical way to participate with you this week in living out the example of what a soul is worth. 
May we think beyond ourselves. May we be generous people. May we share with our mouth the good news of Jesus. May we share with our life the example of Christ with others. May we share through our giving the value of what a soul is worth. Lord, we love you. Thank you for giving your all for us. Thank you that you rose again on the third day. Thank you that you sit at the right hand of the Father. Thank you that you're coming back again for our souls. We worship you this day. We choose to lift up the name of Jesus. And everybody said, amen.